Come and join the photography and video show this coming March. Immerse yourself in the world of photography and filmmaking from the comfort of your own sofa. We're delighted to be able to bring the imaging community together online once again at our Spring Shoots virtual festival with a new refreshed format. On the 6th and 7th of March, we will host a packed weekend of exclusive talks and demos from legendary photographers, plus tailored masterclasses and the very latest kit from the top brands. Whether you're a complete beginner, a recent graduate or a seasoned professional, there's something for everyone to take the next step on their creative journey at the photography and video show. This year is a fresh start for everyone, so kick 2021 off with a burst of inspiration, ready to get out there and shoot. Visit www.photographyshow.com and register for free today. He Shoots, He Draws are proud to be an official supporter of the photography and video show. You're listening to the He Shoots, He Draws podcast, the show about photography, design, creativity, and more, with your hosts, Dave Clayton and Alan Hess. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of He Shoots, He Draws. And tonight, I've said it before with other guests, but I really do have royalty tonight. <laughs> I, we have a guest who I respect so much and have a lot to thank for. I did give her a credit in my book as well. It's the lovely Cara Plichinich. Welcome. Thanks, Dave. That's so sweet. <laughs> so, <laughs> it's it's so lovely to get you on because, like, I've known you forever. Yeah. Um, and that sounds that makes us all sound really old, <laughs> <laughs> but but I remember, like, my my life in design has always been a day job, and it's only really been kind of the last ten, eleven. 12 years that I kind of threw myself into education and started to sort of teach myself I never went to college I never went to university I was literally self-taught from from day one from the first time I got my hands on Quark Express the first Mac that came out um, I remember having the first color PC at work that had something like two meg memory or <laughs> Uh, for for our Toshiba photocopies, it was brilliant. So once I started to realise education was out there, that's when I started to learn. But over the past sort of ten years, was where I started to kind of look for people who taught well or taught the kind of stuff I was looking for. You were one of those people, oh. and I remember taking one of your early InDesign classes, <laughs> and it was doing that that encouraged me to go and get my ACA qualification because I thought. Oh, she's made this so easy to kind of pick up the bits I've, I've forgotten about or I didn't know because I I started in design day one. So my I think my first sort of introduction to you was probably watching your InDesign content. Hmm. But you've got so much more to you. <laughs> so I kind of want to go back to young Cara. Um <laughs> Uh, I mean, what were you? What were you like as a kid? Were you because you are a very creative person? Wow. But what you know? What was sort of ten, ten-year-old, fifteen-year-old Cara like? Huh. What were your aspirations then? Well, that's. Um, I guess it's been a long time since I thought back that far. <laughs> but uh, you 
know, I was a very quiet kid. I loved um, reading. I loved photography and um, just art in general. I wouldn't say that I was good at it at all or, or even like, I don't know that anyone would have been like, oh, this, this girl is going to be <laughs> something artsy. Like, I just, I don't know. I loved, um, I loved, my parents had an old Norman Rockwell coffee table book with like all yeah. of the, his, you know, classic paintings. And I loved looking at that thing. Um, so yeah, I don't know. Then I somehow got into, in junior high, I had, my girlfriends would, they had this um, tradition, I guess, or like hobby where they would make like funny commercials, like fake commercials and fake talk show, like sketches basically. But they were never planned or scripted. It was all just completely made up. And I loved that. And then I took over and started being like the director and I would be the one filming this with the old VHS camcorders that were like <laughs> on your shoulder. Right so, big muscles. Yeah. So we would have slumber parties and then it would always be like, but we're bringing the camera, right? We're going to make like stuff. And um, so we would do that and I loved it. And so part of me thought, oh, maybe I'll get into like, production and you know I mean in a perfect world like I would love a gig at SNL like that's just Saturday Night Live is just the epitome of all that but um so I did that for a while and I, I was into editing videos and and then somehow Photoshop came on the scene you know this was like early mid 90s whatever and and I got my hands on that somehow and I don't know just kind of dabbled my way into whatever it is that you call my job now it's just right like that's just how it goes you just kind of like find your way it's like water running downhill like you just like find a path or make a path and yeah. follow your interests um your curiosity and see where it takes you did i mean did you have regular jobs did you or have you or did you kind of just yeah, I had Find regular, um, I mean, when I was, you know, like a kid, I, I, my first job was a lifeguard at my neighborhood pool where I grew up. I was on the swim team there and stuff. So I, that was a perfect first job. Um, <laughs> and I don't know, you know, I worked in like a restaurant and I don't remember, but then I, um, after high school, I toured for a year and up with people. I don't know if if you're familiar with it, but they've been around since like the sixties and it's basically this warm, fuzzy, <laughs> fun loving, um, education and entertainment program and community service. So after high oh, school, cool. I took a year and I, I was in a show, I was a dancer in a show and I traveled around the world with a cast of people from 24 countries. And we lived with host families and we did community service and we did all that. And of course, I became like the photographer on of the cast. And um, I edited together the cast video at the end of our tour and like those kind of geeky things. Um, and and then I, I just was always looking for jobs kind of in that area. So I did a lot of weird things. I drove the Hershey's Kiss Mobile. Four. <laughs> that was my last semester of college. 
Um, I don't know. I guess I just realized at a very young age that like a normal, quote, normal job was not going to work for me. Like I was always really stressed out about that as a kid because um, I just I was very aware that a lot of people disliked their jobs and I was terrified of being in that situation. And my short-lived experience where, like, I worked for Gallup, which is, like, a survey company here. They do... um, Yeah, I've had... Yeah, like, polls and stuff. So when I was very young, like, I wasn't even old enough to drive, I worked at Gallup. And so I had, like, some, you know, experience as, like, a clock puncher, like, just showing up and doing Mm. whatever. Um, And I just... I don't know. It was like clearly not going to be sustainable for me. Um, <laughs> so I always really liked contract projects like the Kissmobile thing, or I did a stint with the um, Olympic torch relay tour back in whatever year that was that it was held in Salt Lake City. Um, just production. I liked doing production and contract work and projects. I liked projects. So I gravitated that way and even in college I like made jobs for myself where I would just be like we need to like I brought up with people to town and I was like we need to bring them to town and so we had to raise money and basically sponsor their performance um and so somehow the school ended up paying me like I was like a U- ambassador for United Way or something and I did that and yeah it's crazy I don't know. <laughs> it's a mess of weird projects. And I I think my parents were confused for a really long time. <laughs> but support. But I love that because cause the thing, like when I've spoken to different ages of designers, uh, I've been on the podcast and, and friends and colleagues, uh, especially younger ones who were kind of in their early 20s, who are kind of, they go to school, they've got all the equipment at their fingertips. Right. They get, they get to be taught production and Photoshop and photography and everything. Yeah. And they come out of school and it's, I'm going to start my own business at the age of 18. And I'm like, when I was 18 and we had the careers teacher, like <laughs> there was never any encouragement of, right. of like, oh yeah, oh yeah, when you leave school, just start your own business. Just go with do nothing. it. Right. Yeah, just happen. Whereas now it's like, I find it really odd that... I was just saying, because my two daughters, uh, one, my eldest is Rubik's Cube mad. <laughs> she, over, break, over lockdown, she went from no Rubik's Cubes in her life to be able to solve a cube in under 20 seconds from any shuffle. Oh, my gosh. And, and she can do all the cubes, four by four, five by five. And she's created her own little YouTube channel. She uses her phone. She's downloaded all the apps. I've not helped her at all. She does all her intros, outros, special effects. <laughs> That's awesome. She created, like, I struggled to do my own YouTube channel and for work. She created her own YouTube channel. She's doing end cards. She's 12. Wow. <laughs> and... And she's got like 53 subscribers now. She's really happy about it. And she's just cubing all day. Fleur, the youngest one, she loves Minecraft. She gets an hour a day to go on Minecraft. She wants to create a channel. And it's funny that their conversation at that age is, I want to be a gamer. I want to be a YouTube star. Wow. It's so funny. At 12, I wanted to be Batman. That, that, that was like my goal. I, I, I remember that clearly because it's when we moved from South Africa here. I was 12 years old and 
I thought Batman would be a good career. That that's <laughs> yeah. So and and you still might well, I, be, and you're bluffing us. I'm still hoping. I'm you know. There's still, still time. My, There's I'm still time. time. I've got, you know. Um. But I love that kind of you know we 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 do those weird jobs, right? But our personality is still our personality. Like if you're creative, you're creative. I've always been creative from from as far back as I can remember. It just took me a really long time to actually find myself like working. I've always worked, so I've never been actively self-employed. A lot of people think I am. Hmm. Um, a lot of people think I'm a photographer as well, which I've never, <laughs> which is always a weird one. Um, but it, it's just that kind of how do you fall into it? Because when you think back to when that early software came out, like when Photoshop first came out, mm-hmm. I used PaintShop Pro before I used Photoshop. Mm-hmm. Even then, there wasn't the thought of there's a career in this. Definitely. But also it was, it was like, so ho- new. Right? Hobby software. Yeah. I mean, that was now, of course, there's a career in that. There's a career in yeah. literally being a gamer. Like... we just you know it was just so different way back then we it was much more exploratory and um and really unpaved paths like those paths had not been carved yet yeah and then you look at people like dave cross Mm -hmm. who and even scott kelby to some extent they identified a learning possibility mm-hmm. back then and got into that education space. And now like you look at them, they've been doing it for 25 years and Terry White, you know, being at Adobe for all those years. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I, I love speaking to creatives because I love that when they think back to when they started, like kids now have it all. Yeah. And, and it's brilliant. I'd love to be 25 and, you know, starting out. But I think now there's a place where, we find our kind of little niche of creativity and I consider you to be a very very creative person like I wouldn't pin one thing on you and say oh yeah Cara's the photoshop mm-hmm. lady or Cara's the photographer you are you kind of bring all the pieces together and you bring this kind of fun energy creativity to it all which is probably why you stood out Aww. when I was looking for content <laughs> So oh, thank you. And, and teaching is not something that comes easy to people. I know like Alan and I've spoken about it many a time. It's something kind of we like doing but hate the process. Hmm. So I love that I've taught somebody something. It's just sometimes the preparation and actually kind of do it, having to set it up and do it. Right. Like people see the bright and shiny, but they don't see the three hours of anguish of cuts. And... <laughs> right. Three <laughs> so, hours would be you... like, oh, that's a that's a good day. Oh no, so, it's embarrassing how long it takes. And I always think, is it just me? Like I must be the slowest, like somehow most error riddled. I don't know what, but it it takes forever. Yeah. Yeah. Forever it does so. So what made you choose that path? Well, I think I... When you think back to your earliest... Thinking back to your earliest classes that you did, the oh, first man. time you really created stuff, created content... Right. For, for, with the ability, you know, to thinking, I, I need to teach people. What were you like at that point? Well, I, I'm the <laughs> oldest of four kids. And um, my mom, she will... She takes credit for my teacher... <laughs> 
bent that I have because she would always like when my siblings would ask her for help with whatever she'd be like oh Carrie you you show them go ask your sister she'll teach you <laughs> and you know and so I did and um I just I liked it and there were there was a lot of time where and I thought oh maybe I would be you know a school teacher and then I realized what bureaucracy is and I was like, no thanks. No. <laughs> um, but I liked, you know, I liked the idea of teaching and I liked, I liked that it was um, an open-ended job, I, you know, with so much potential. Um, but then it somehow started when we have in town, we have a really great, um, like a technical college, a community college, and they have a fantastic division called continuing education, which is just for anyone in the community who wants to learn stuff. You don't have to be like enrolled as a student. Mm. Um, and they offered all kinds of classes on everything. Um, and someone was teaching photography and, um, and I was like, Hey, uh, someone should be teaching Photoshop and it should be me. <laughs> and I, I really had no business doing that, but I was just loving it so much and having so much fun. And I thought no one's teaching this. And so why not me, I guess. And I basically hounded them until they were like, fine. And they gave me like one little, you know, section to teach. And I taught with them for like 10 years or more and it grew and grew and grew. And then I was teaching Photoshop and Photoshop Elements um, and photography even and all kinds of other stuff. Um, and so it kind of, it started there. And then, you know, then it, it leapt into conferences and, and stuff in the professional world from there. But, yeah. Where does the photography come into it then? So, because you are a photographer yes. as well but you are a self-confessed like design geek photoshop nerd yes that's how you <laughs> present yourself but you are an accomplished photographer you are well a sure you've written, yeah so as a kid i loved i loved photography from an early age um and i think one of the characters on sesame street was a photographer and i <laughs> i was a devout sesame street fan yeah. Um, and I remember thinking like, that seems like a cool job. And we used to go have our portraits done at this company that I don't think they exist anymore. Olin Mills. We used to go have family portraits and I loved like looking around the studio at all the props. And I just was like, this is so cool. Um, and after college I had, um, which I majored in communication, communications. So, and like public relations, strangely. But afterwards, I ended up doing some graphic design for a nonprofit, and it just so happened there were lots of young women who worked there with young children, and I started taking their photos, and I started, like, putting together little fun design pieces that I would make. So I would do a photo shoot, yeah. and then I would build this graphical design piece that, that I sold them. Um, and basically it just took off and I ended up that I was coming to work, um, after like I'd get up early and do my photo business stuff and then I'd go to the office and then at lunch I would run errands for my photo business and do, you know, back to the office and then again, photo business stuff. Um, so eventually I just left them and then I ran my own studio for 10 years where I was very heavily photographing weddings 
portraits, high school seniors, uh, babies, all of that. I mean, heavily. Like, there was a year. <laughs> there, Like, I shot 500 senior portraits in a summer. Oh like, in God. three months. Oh. But it, I don't know how I did that. And weddings every weekend. In <laughs> fact, one weekend, I did three weddings in one weekend. Because it was a holiday. A three-day holiday. <laughs> I, I'm... I almost died. That was really crazy. I, I think it's but. important for people to understand, though, that you actually built your business while you were still working. Because a lot of people yes. go, oh, I have someone who wants me to take their picture. I'm going to quit my day job and become a photographer. <laughs> no. And, you know, then they oh wonder why the phone's not ringing. And, yeah. you know. No, I was very careful and paranoid about, like, money and we had um, just, my husband and I had just gotten married. My business was kind of going, but, like, I wasn't relying on it for my, you know, life. But then we got married, we bought a house, and I was like, oh, I don't, like, I just don't feel like I have room to go have another office job. And he was like, so don't. <laughs> and then, so I yeah, then I just focused on that. Um, and but it's great to have both disciplines. I think that I... Because I've always been in design, yet all my friends are photographers. I have such good conversations about the crossover of the two mm -hmm. because so often I get frustrated by the the gap between them. It's like, yeah. you know, all the co the conversation or the conference is all about photography. And then when Photoshop comes into it, it's all about retouching. Mm -hmm. And it's like, but all these but all these people like doing photography need to understand design because their photographs get used in design yes. quite a lot and they don't know what they're doing on monday i'm actually doing a talk for a for a reading university for a um one of the photography classes called shoot like a designer and it's basically telling them about shooting for their own stock shooting with like thinking where the picture's going to end up mm -hmm. rather than oh i'm just going to go in and shoot this really cool portrait and i've watched peter hurley and i can do the squinch and the shebang <laughs> and i'll crop it in and then you hand it over to the designer and he's like where's my white space right where am i where am i going to put the the masthead of the magazine where's the word so the whole talk is about that because like when i go to a photography show photographers have no clue about design that's well you and i i think have that very specific niche that we share that that's yeah. how that's how i bridged the gap when i first spoke at wppi way back in early 2000 something um was i approached them and i was like all of these photographers you have all these album vendors here <laughs> All of these photographers are making albums and they're freaking doing it in Photoshop. Like, that is insane. Why is nobody here talking about InDesign? And so that mm. was the first, like, crossover that I I was able to sort of get my foot in the door that way. Um, and then... And then I sort of like switched because I had been shooting... I was very photo-centric. Um, and then I spent several years kind of straddling both fields. And then I basically just burned myself out on my photo studio. Like, and then we moved to a different house. And my our old house had a whole like 500 square foot studio space out behind the house. It was kind of, wow. yeah, it was kind of amazing. Um, but when we left that, there was really no equivalent in this house. And I just kind of was like, I think I'm done. And so that's how I sort of pushed over more towards 
full-time education and design kind of stuff. Yeah, I think the design, I mean, because I see uh, the process, I'll call it a process, sure. a pain <laughs> that my photography friends go through, which is like the equipment, the going, always having to go out and be somewhere to do the job. Mm-hmm. Whereas I've always said what I, the, my most favorite thing, especially like with writing for Photoshop user magazine, I just fire Photoshop up, blank canvas, and it's like, right, what can we make exactly and i love i love that i can sit here in my room write an article create something document it send it off i can be inspired by something but i can do the job right here yeah not you know lockdown lockdown has like killed wedding photography it's killed event photography it's like alan's you know the house photographer for his local arena that kind yeah. of stuff has stopped this is where photographers need to start learning this design learning in design learning to make their own stuff their prices their their cards their get ready to go back out in the world and learn they can learn design so basically that it shouldn't you know it shouldn't be a problem for them i say it shouldn't be a problem we all learn differently well that's you know it's the same idea of like not putting all your eggs in one basket right and spreading out your and like and even for me before the pandemic hit um, when I was pregnant with my, my son, I was very sick and, um, in all kinds of different ways. And it just became very clear to me that maintaining, you know, I, I had already shifted away from the, the senior portraits and I was really only doing weddings at that time, but it was still like every weekend and all of that. And it just, it became very clear that I was not going to be able to be someplace at a certain time and hold myself to Mm. a certain performance standard. And the anxiety that it was causing me was just so high that I basically, that's what sort of sped up the whole transition for me from away from that and into design and and working at home and producing everything here. Um, I just couldn't do it anymore. I I don't think people know how stressful shooting a single wedding can be. And they're like, oh, yeah, but you show up on, like, Saturday afternoon and then you're done, like, Saturday night. And it's like, no, that's... Because I've shot a couple of weddings. Yeah, I know. You have to meet with the people beforehand and, you you know, there's there's all kinds Uh, of things. Well, and the pressure. I mean, there's performance pressure. pressure. Mm. Right. I mean, and if it's not from the clients, even just yourself, I I shoot things that never happen again. I shoot concerts that I'm never going to be able to go back and be like, oh, I screwed that up. Could you guys all just go back and do that song one more time so I can, you know, get that shot (laughs) I missed? It's the same as a wedding. The, The wedding happens. It moves on. You can, you know, pose some people in the portraits. But if you mess it up, you mess it up. And so it's one of the reasons that I I'm not made to be a wedding photographer i know (laughs) like the only weddings i've shot have been very close friends who have been like shoot this wedding because you have to right and i will and i've done it but it's not something that i want to or or do i couldn't imagine trying to balance all those things doing the portraits having the house i'll never be able to balance being pregnant but just the ideas behind it you know and, and and keep moving so um how did you move into doing the books and the teaching? Because oh. 
that's a fun story. <laughs> because books are like, that's like a crazy, I mean, we've all... I was going to say, doing <laughs> is one thing. Writing about it is one thing, is right. a discipline. Te- teaching v- verbally to people is a discipline. And writing is a discipline. To be able to do all four is a superpower. <laughs> so, <laughs> so like, what was your breakthrough moment? Because I was going to ask a similar question. Was What was your breakthrough moment where it was like you are now being asked for? Oh. Well, rather than searching for. <laughs> it's kind of a, a funny story, actually, I think. So I told you I had spent all those years teaching at the local community college. And people eventually would ask, like, do you have a book? Is there a book? What can I get for, you know, I love this class. I, and I would be like, yeah, um, someday I'd love to write a book. But, like, I have no idea how to even go about starting that process. Um, And then when I was teaching for WPPI, I think it was the very first time that I went um, to teach there. I, of course, am a fan of Robin Williams and her non-designers design books. And she's great, I literally have those books as a non-designer. She's she's amazing. And so I um, messaged her. Like, I found her somewhere and I was like, hey, Robin, I'm a huge fan. Love your stuff. And I was like, I don't know why I messaged her. That clearly was like not the way to go. But I didn't know anything back then. And I was like, is there any way I could buy a bulk, you know, bunch of books, like at a bulk rate, because I'm doing this presentation to a bunch of photographers who desperately need them. So I wanted to buy them to give away at my presentation. And she wrote me back and was so kind. And she just was like, oh, yeah, um, don't worry about it. I'll take care of you. And I was like, oh, okay. Like, that's so generous. I don't know what you mean, but <laughs> okay. So I just dropped it. And um, sorry, <laughs> earbud malfunction. And then, so from there, I waited and suddenly a, a box showed up at my front door that was filled with Robin's books just like a, a massive random collection. And I was like, what is this? And there was no note, there was nothing, but I saw that it had come from Peach Pit and there was a invoice like packing slip inside and it had um, it had a name on there. And I didn't know who it was. I didn't know if it was like the editor at Peach Pit or if it was like the guy who drove the forklift in the <laughs> warehouse, I had no idea. <laughs> But I wrote him a thank you note. And yeah, I, I wrote him a thank you note. And I am not kidding you. Like two weeks later or whatever, that guy that I wrote the note to starts following me on Twitter. And I'm like, oh, hey. <laughs> uh, and it was the marketing uh, person. You guys, it was Scott. You know Scott. Yeah. yeah. So Scott follows me on Twitter and I'm like, hi, thank you again for those books. And he was like, no problem. Happy to help. If you ever have a book idea, we'd love to hear it. That was it. And then I've written, I don't know how many books with them. Um, You've done five or six books that I could find. You know, I get really confused when I count because one of them got published and then they like rebranded it and published it again. So... I'm not, no, no. Well, I remember album Moxie. That yes. I remember seeing that. I think I saw that at Photoshop World. 
and that was probably one of the first books where it was kind of different to everything else. Hey, I loved the title of it because it <laughs> was just you. like perfect at that time. <laughs> but it was like, oh, someone's actually teaching how to be creative about this. And then like as I started to explore like more of your teaching work, it wasn't just Photoshop 101. It was practical things that people just, whether it's how to how to design a greeting card. <laughs> you know, there's so, there's so many like, parents at home that could just you know they've they've got software mm-hmm. but how to you know how to create a photo book how to create greeting cards how to make small like just small design things that everyone's always too scared to do right and I think that's where you kind of really got that market was you bought that fun energy to something that could just be as simple as yeah through to taking a very complicated program like in design which scares a lot of people and really simplifying it and I think that's a credit to a good educator that you don't come across as like Bueller, Bueller. <laughs> it's, it's, you, you have to bring an energy to the to make somebody like I really want to do that right and the person you're watching makes you want to do that so when I think back to the educators that I've followed there's always an energy about them that makes me drawn to them rather than like I find not to criticize LinkedIn learning but when I when people say to me where's the best place to go to learn I'm always very much right well okay you can go to YouTube but it's unqualified so you kind of take what you get there Mm -hmm. but then when you start to look at Udemy, Skillshare, um, even like domestic, I love Domestica at the moment. Mm-hmm. It's really cool. Like it's a lot of Spanish language, but with subtitles, there's some lovely. Co- there really is. Great I've taken some of their there. classes. Yeah. Yeah. And then, but then when you look at LinkedIn Learning, it's very professional learning. It's right. very technical. So it's kind of, well, if you want to lift the hood up and take the engine apart and learn what every nut and bolt does, mm-hmm. LinkedIn Learning. Mm-hmm. But if you want, if you want kind of that energy of what are we making rather than how is the software made mm-hmm. um, and every nut and bolt, then go to somewhere who's got some energy and personality and makes you want to learn. And uh, and I think that's a really good way of finding content because I've seen some duds. <laughs> I've spent some money on, <laughs> on some dud stuff. Right. And uh, I've sat in on some classes. I remember my first Adobe Max. And and I don't like to criticise other educators because anyone who stands up in front of people and teaches, it, it, it is a real, people do suffer with nerves from it. Mm-hmm. But I sat in this class and, and I actually thought, right, I can teach at Adobe Max. Yes. If this, is, if this is the quality of Adobe Max, I can teach this. And also this lady should not be teaching what she's teaching in Photoshop. Isn't that funny? In, I've had the same, that was how I ended up at WPPI the first time was the first the first year I went, the first session I went to. And of course, most of the sessions were mind-blowing, just amazing. Mm. But the first one that I ever went to was like that, like such a dud that my husband and I looked at each other and we were like, oh no. <laughs> like, and I looked at him, I'm like, I'm doing this next year. Like, this is crazy. And, and I did. But I think those types of experiences are are as terrible as they are. They're inspiring in that way because, you know, I think it it makes other people feel like, oh, well, I actually have something I can offer here. 
I can make a difference and there's there's space <laughs> for that. Yeah. Yeah. It's like an aff- it's like an affirmation to yourself that okay, where I maybe didn't think I was ready. Yeah. Or like you always have that self doubt anyway as right. a creative. That when you see, okay, this person is teaching that like that at this event above other people that I know but fair play to them they've got the gig Mm -hmm. they've done something to get that gig Mm -hmm. I want that gig now when I first started I was a graphic designer I just wanted to make stuff Mm -hmm. and then I learned skills to become a better designer it's only in my latter years in the kind of the last 10 years that I've had my purple patch of switching from being a designer to an educator and like doing my first my first videos for Kelby one were I was a nervous wreck <laughs> I mean RC um came and sat in with me to calm me down um because it was just oh you know I, I first started learning with with NAPP mm-hmm. um and and kind of they I watched Photoshop user TV like people watch Walking Dead <laughs> they can't wait for the next episode so <laughs> They that that but was like my go-to. But that's why you're such a great teacher. You have the depth and the breadth of of that knowledge. Yeah, and it and I love that as I started to feel the transition going from doing to okay, I'm now at a point where I can share what I've learned, mm-hmm. and it's going in the other direction. And like now today, I had an email from a guy that wants me to do a podcast episode on his software for for uh, around logo design, and I had to message back and said, "I I don't design anymore. Mm-hmm. I teach. I, I'm a training manager at a company. I write. I create content. I do miss design. I still do some design, but really, the last five years have that tr- transition's been made." And I know, like Alan, I don't design you know, at all. Was doing then, <laughs> <laughs> no, but Alan was doing, and then he's writing, and then he's teaching, and then running workshops. That I think, you know, you've achieved so much for someone who's only thirty. So full no, credit to you. Thirty. But... <laughs> <laughs> I'm forty-one. But me and gentlemen. Alan. <laughs> yeah, sorry. <laughs> but I'm glad you think I'm thirty. I'll take it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I do. I just think there just comes a point where you actually enjoy sharing. For sure. And, you know, I was just thinking, I was going to ask you, if in, in your experience and all the different instructors that you guys know, do you find that many of them come from their own sort of, like, process and development? And, you know, I feel like, for me, part of what helps me as an instructor is that I struggled my way oh. through figuring it all out on my own. Absolutely. Right? Mm. And so I, f- I feel like that helps with you have a deeper, wider knowledge than if you just, like, had it spoon-fed to you and then you regurgitate it back. No, I mean, Do you find that well, to be the case? One of the reasons I ever wanted to, to write in the first place, and I never really did, it was, it was offered and I took it because I thought I would be rich and famous. Um, <laughs> I was very wrong. Uh, was was that I had I had struggled, um, especially with concert photography, because I just had to learn on the fly. And back then it was film, so not only was it costing me time and all these really bad oh. images, it was costing me actual money. Like there right. was film and developing every single time just to get it back and go. Oh, 
wow, those really suck. Like there was one frame out of 36 that I would be like, oh, I'm pretty happy with it. And then I'd have... And you didn't even have the metadata to oh, no. just, just like know what a, happened there. Yeah, you had a guess. Like I'm trying to remember what I did at that point. You know, and I have friends who used to go and do landscape photography. And I was talking to one of them the other day and he's like, I have notebooks of like every frame where he would write down the metadata like because that's what you did. You wrote it down yep. in a notebook. Then My you got teacher the told me to do that. <laughs> Yeah, like he's the only person I know in the history of photography who actually did it. And, uh-huh. you know, um, uh-huh. <laughs> but the, the photographers who I learned from originally, like the first time I went and saw someone speak and I went, oh, my God, that like it was literally it was Joe McNally at a, at a San Diego photo mm-hmm. conference that they never had again. Um, but he was up there and he had people from the audience holding flashes and this new Nikon wireless flash thing. And then he had a dancer jump across the stage and then he took a photo and one of the flashes didn't go off. And he, he like troubleshot the entire thing right then and there. And you could watch his brain process. And yes. it was like, I can do that. I mean, yes. it turned out I couldn't not like he can, but I can troubleshoot it. Like it made sense mm-hmm. and it, and it worked. And when I see a, a, an instructor I really admire, it doesn't have to be the subject. It's sometimes just the way they teach. So mm-hmm. when Adobe Max went online last year, I got to look at a whole bunch of classes that I wouldn't have seen if it would have been in person. That was so great, right? Well, I mean, yeah. I got to see your class. Yeah. And not only did I... Oh. I, I, I want to I say now, Alan has done nothing but rave about you since I first said I want you on the... That, that class at Adobe Max that you taught was so well done that I actually had to save it and then show my wife. Not because you were showing yeah. people how to do selections and cutting out rocket ships and making them on a planet or whatever. You know, it was the right. way you built... The sub, like the way you built up, like here's a simple start, and now we're gonna do it again, and we're gonna add this, and we're gonna do, and it, by the time you're done, it's like that's really a complex thing that was broken down so well that I was like, it doesn't matter what it is, the style is just like, it, I recommend if anyone who wants to teach, you need to just go find that class and look at it because it's a perfect example in half an hour how to show somebody something that builds. And I was so impressed that I'm still like, obviously, I'm still gushing about it. And Adobe Max was great, <laughs> but it really was eye opening because I know that you had spent the time to work out how this has been done. And in my head, you did it because you literally did it. You started with a simple thing, and then you added another thing to it, and then you added another thing to it, and then you just you kind of built it up. And it wasn't like some of the classes I've seen, and not honestly not at Adobe Max this year, but in the past, where you realize that they've taken a final product, and then they're just showing you the steps they did to create. And nowhere in that process is there like the how to build on it, how to take, I can, oh, yeah. great, now I can go create that frame or that sign or whatever it is but nowhere can i take that and apply it to something else Mm, and that to me that's the key you have to be able to take something someone teaches you and apply it to something else because we're never going to be taking we're never going to take the same photograph we're never going to be in the same spot at the same time and even if we were standing right next to each other shooting the same subject at the same time chances are we're going to come out with different images because i stand next to sometimes up to 80 or 90 people in a photo pitch shooting the yes. same concert and we all coming up with different stuff because we have different focal lengths different shutter speeds different apertures different that is so exactly right on and that's 
that's the exact reason why when people see a photo and they say, well, what was your shutter speed? What was your <laughs> aperture? And it's like, it doesn't matter. What matters is that you understand what shutter speed does and what aperture, right? It's like seeing the bigger picture instead of just being a monkey that like follows a recipe, right? It's that you want to learn how to cook, not just follow a recipe. And that's, I think, yes. it's such the big difference. Thank you. That yeah. oh, you just made my day. <laughs> <laughs> that class was, it was a lot of fun. And I mean, I obsessed. It, it was a lot of planning, but yeah. That's good. But you, you took the... Oh, I was going to say was what Alan kind of said there was you took the scary out of it right. because that's the thing. I have I always joke about InDesign um, when, I, when I try and tell people to, about learning. It's like, oh my God, it's the best app. It's, InDesign is the best. Everything around you is probably made with InDesign mm -hmm. and contains elements of Photoshop and Illustrator. And you just take that scariness out of it and it becomes a fun thing to learn and i'm like it with after effects mm -hmm. every time i click on after effects and it bounces and it opens up and the, and i've got the workspace i go uh, do you know what not today <laughs> I, 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 i'll save that and people and people are like that's my nemesis after effects i know i'll be good at it i know i can learn it it's just that kind of where do i start yeah and that's the thing is people don't know where to start and when even when i got the book for indesign i mean all right, I got to know Scott and Ted through being at Photoshop World. I love those oh two guys. Oh my God, like, they're the like best, those brothers. two. They, they come over to the photography show and we hang out. We hang out and I, I don't laugh as much as oh, I do I for those four days over the year. And I, Scott had written these books and you know I knew Alan had written books and I always, Glenn had written books and everyone was always kind of, oh, it's so painful. <laughs> and then I, I kind of kept joking to Scott like he wrote um how do i do that in photoshop how do i do that in lightroom and i i remember i've still got the photograph i mocked up how do i do that in indesign and said please write one for indesign because indesign is the perfect app for that kind of book just a quick how do i just so i sent it off to him and kind of just kept ribbing scott about are you gonna write my book yet you're gonna write my book yet and eventually the conversation came up and they came back to me and said, we've asked Scott. He said, yes, he wants to add the book to his series, but he doesn't want to write it. So I just thought, well, I can think of 10 people who could write that book. And he said, would you write it? And it was like, Ding -ding. Uh, yes. And <laughs> shit. <laughs> but, and the thing that I had go through my head was like, you've, you've taught a creative pro. You know David and Anne Marie. You know mm -hmm. Nigel French. You know Erica. You know, there's all these InDesign people, including yourself, that I've learned from. And now I've now got this added pressure of I'm writing a book, and I could I could have recommended like nine people ahead of me. <laughs> so I what I wanted to be sure that I, so something you said about teaching is I think you have to understand what being an attendee is. Yeah to understand how to teach well so if i'm going to write this book i'm going to write this book like i'm the person who's going to buy it exactly not just write and a if you if, if you've I'm... been in that seat you know at least i feel like i understand where people's minds get stuck with a certain concept yeah. because my mind's been stuck with that concept right and so you can help troubleshoot it yeah and when people are designing stuff in word and publisher oh 
and yeah. and where that and 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 you you kind of you're actually making you're actually making things in a piece of software that is the worst software that you could be using mm. to make this thing if you're prepared to take that battle you're gonna love InDesign. Yeah. InDesign will be easy. When, when I, yeah, when I just show you that you can just make an A4 page <laughs> and create a frame that you can put your text in that won't move when you add an image <laughs> and draw <laughs> and all shoot down the page and all your formatting gets blown out, you are gonna love this. And then once you kind of break that, and like you say, just get that, take the scary out first and just get them to just touch it first and you're not gonna it's fine you can't break it it's okay mm -hmm. then you open up a whole new world for whether it's retouching or whether it's layout design or, or typography or selections it's once you just break that that kind of thing that's always the thing that holds people back mm -hmm. it opens a floodgate absolutely because then it's I want to learn. I want to go and buy a book. I want to watch a course. I want to see how, oh, she taught me how to do that. I want to take this and now put it over there. Mm -hmm. And as somebody who's spent so much time and money on education learning, mm -hmm. I just love that the teachers that I admire, I can see that in them. They've done it before they've taught it. Mm -hmm. So they know the pain. They know the obstacle. <laughs> they, know the they know the frustration yeah they've worked with clients absolutely absolutely <laughs> so oh. so did you in do you enjoy writing books did i mean the process because it's it's one of those um, things that i i both love and hate i mean i absolutely hate it when i'm doing it and i love it when it's done and then i immediately when say it's done yes yeah. to the next one for no good reason i can come up with i'm like well you know nothing nothing nicer than ted oh. writing you an email saying oh we're good to go ted well ted is the best like salesman on talking you into writing another book because i remember after i wrote the first one i told my husband okay i'm like i'm glad that's done i always wanted to do something like that i'm never doing it again and then ted's like knock knock <laughs> and I remember just being like, I don't know, Ted. And he's so, he, he's just so brilliant. I feel like that man is just a genius. He's, he somehow like convinced me that, yeah, this would be great. And I should do this. And, and i and he's done that. I don't know how many times, like at least five times on different projects. And I keep thinking it will get easier, but <laughs> That doesn't really happen. I, I don't know. I spend a lot of time at Starbucks um, just cranking that out. And I, I, I often think back to um, the Enthusiast Guide series because I did that one when my son was just like six months old or something. Oh, my God. It's <laughs> been I, that long. I, I think something. Yeah, he was young. Like, he was still nursing and in diapers and... And I'm like, I don't know how I did that. But I, I don't know. I mine, lived at Starbucks and they didn't kick me out. Mine took a year. I said to Scott and Ted, like, I've got a day job. I've got four kids. You are not going to get this book out of me. Like when they gave the contract to me in August and they were looking at January the 1st, I hadn't even finished chapter one. Mm. And it, it was like 12 chapters and it took a year... Yeah, it took about from 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 signing it off to handing it in was a year. Mm. Um, 
because I wanted to do a really good job. And there is something you and I also have in common that we we would utter the words never again. <laughs> is I swear every both, every we, person who's done a book has probably said that. <laughs> no, but we've both we've both been runners. Oh yes, you've, you've run. Yeah, and I've done London marathons. And after every one, the first one, I was never again. Never again. <laughs> I was back in it the following year, did it? Mm-hmm. Back in it the following year. I did five back to back. And after every single one, I said never again. But it's and so with the book, I see like that whole time of it's like all that training. Yeah. And then that last bit. And then kind of the book coming out is your medal. And you're like, I'm beat. Never again. Exactly. And then they go, do you want to do it next year? <laughs> it's like having kids, I think. And like yeah, giving birth like, and all yeah. of that. You're like, never again. I, well, and for me, I've stuck to it. I have one and like, that's it. But but yeah, the marathon, I tried to get into New York. I ran the New York marathon and I tried to get in the next year. Didn't get in, but then it was COVID anyway. So the whole thing was uh. shut down. So I've only done the one thus far. But the, the, the it's a similar. It's still feeling. admirable. It's still admirable. <laughs> I recommend anyone who's fit enough to do one should do one. Uh, something I wanted to touch on there as well was um, being a parent mm-hmm. and working from home. Mm-hmm. Now, obviously, your son is five years old. Right. How, how do you, because I know uh, a friends of mine who have built up a business, whether it's photography or design, and it's like the best life ever. And then they have a child and then... <laughs> They then it, there's all these things like stuff you can't leave around, buttons that get pushed, things that go missing, micro, you know, earphones suddenly. Oh, there's yeah. only one, and the kids go. <coughs> oh, no. um, how have you found the balance of introducing a child into? You know, you are self-employed. You, right. you create your own content. You have to fit around that. How did you find? And how do you find that? Um, I do a lot of my recordings for, you know, video courses and stuff at night after bedtime because during the day it's just sometimes on the weekend. I mean, my husband now works from home as well with COVID. Um, He works at home. So he's here. And so we can kind of trade off like if I have an interview or, you know, some class or something I'll just be like, you're on duty. <laughs> like, But most of the time, it's me. Um, and I just do stuff at night and try to, like, I can hear him outside the door right now, tinkering around. <laughs> but um, <laughs> he, he may not know that I can hear him, but I'm aware that he's out there. Uh, it's just, you know, it's, an, it's a Tetris game. And you just move stuff around till it fits and you hopefully have some help whether that's a spouse or family of course with COVID it's a little harder you know when he was at school I would at least have like the daytime when he was in preschool and stuff Mm. before COVID I had some hours of the day when I could actually do stuff but now it's I try to do some prep during the day if I can um and then I save the intense focus stuff for nighttime because yeah, I found the traveling because bizarrely, like I said, I met Alan in 2010 and my two daughters were born in 2008 and 2009. So by the time I went to my first Photoshop world, I had two daughters 16 months apart, oh, babies. Wow. 
and so you know my wife is fantastic she was a, a teaching assistant so and she, we read she already had two sons which are now my sons so but they're they're older they're 22 and 24 mm-hmm. um, but at the time they were uh you know 10 11 um plus the two babies all living at home that oh that it was like i suddenly threw myself into this world just as the first time in my life i have children at the age of 42 and to be fair to her you know she's she's a fantastic parent and i've been very very lucky that i've been able to you know living in the uk all the cool stuff's in america there's 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 no there's no cool events in the uk there's one or two from a design point of view nothing so you're looking at the how conference you're looking at you know creative pro um that's a lot of travel yeah yeah adobe max which came later on in life but yeah it was kind of a expensive and b you know you had to be away for a week Mm -hmm. if you were going to do anything so the first five years with the girls being kind of naught to five um they don't understand time so a week away is an hour away Mm -hmm. you know second half it's did you bring us a present (laughs) so (laughs) and obviously like didn't travel at all in 2020 um i'd like to think i could travel towards the end of this year if everyone's vaccinated and borders open and it's safe but it looks like it could be another year of not doing it for me that was probably one of the biggest investments in myself was that i had to go and be in the place because every every opportunity i've had um probably even from being involved in the photography show here um every opportunity i've had that i've built my career on what it is now has come purely by putting myself over there and being at the events and you know making the acquaintances and you're so good at that out and going at like i love it yeah you're very good at that yeah yeah (laughs) and and so like the first time i went to um creative pro where i met you at the new orleans was that the first oh um, yeah yeah that was the first time we met i don't but we like knew each other before that we knew each other yeah we'd been in touch and kind of spoken and through various we had we had connected friends that's so funny but new orleans was the first time we met wow um so so that like that i luckily through working for astute graphics i've been able to go to a couple more events than i would have normally got to go to but that was an event i always wanted to go to but i could never justify the cost right uh and it's really funny now that i'm kind of in that in design world i don't think i, I don't think i'll it sounds really wrong and i hope no one from there's listening i've never felt like i'll be invited to teach there purely because i think it's so in design centric that i i honestly don't think i'd bring anything to the table that isn't already there so that's an event i see myself going as an attendee and learning rather than thinking i'll go as an instructor well those Whereas that crew there my, my friends, god they're they're amazing like yeah yeah i i know what you mean they're just like what else yeah. is there <laughs> to say you know it's like if my football sports team said come and play for us on saturday i'm like no guys you're all better than me just let me watch and enjoy (laughs) i'll watch and learn um but things like as events more events are coming around i had a conversation with someone last year and they and he's i've done a couple of talks about community and connection and the thing that i love is networking and getting to know people and somebody contacted me and said we can do this event can you recommend anybody that could teach at this event 
and straight away I said, "Yeah, Cara." <laughs> and and you're you're now going to do your second one with them, yeah. Design Cats. Yeah, that that's yeah. been a lot of fun and getting to know Tom and Cat and. Yeah. It's yeah, it's good. That's tomorrow, bright and early. I'll be doing that. I know. <laughs> so, and and it's weird cuz that's something I don't teach at. That's not something it's not a conversation I've had with Tom. I've I connected you, Colin Smith, Jesus. You know, these are people I've met by going to America, by going to Photoshop mm-hmm. World and I admire them. I admire good good trainers and made good friends. I've been lucky enough that you know, if if I'm able to go, people are very generous with their time and kind and you know and, and I've been lucky enough probably I would say it's a, it always feels like a slow day at the office if I've been invited <laughs> oh teach. my gosh but, but but no that's but that's just an English thing that's just how I that's just how I feel I'm like if I get asked to do something I'm really really well, grateful you're very humble I, like, kind of <laughs> yeah over deliver you're great um, but I've, then you've I've got... seen you and I've seen your book and seen you in action and yeah oh it's, it's fun I enjoy it now I'm more confident took me to get to kind of in my 50s to be confident but but I love it now and the podcast has been great because I get to pick the brains of all these great instructors that I've met and get to know them a bit better because like with you all I know about you is kind of the the connections we have along that path of of education mm-hmm. so when I got to hang out with you in New Orleans it was brilliant because it was like I was a bit of a fanboy I was like oh, <laughs> it was so fun I was just like oh hey <laughs> like I yeah. feel like we've already met I can't I, I can't believe that's the first time I don't know I'll take your word I for know. it but yeah could be and and that's and I've had that with so many people I got to meet um Von Gl- I'd followed Von Glitschka for for a long time and then when I got the job at Astute and Vaughn was like a big ambassador for Astute, it was really odd when I met him the next time where all of a sudden now, like, I'm working for the company that he promotes. Right. And he's just an absolute superstar. I love Vaughn. That's and awesome. I sit and watch him teach and there's, there's these instructors that I've been learning off all these years. Yeah. That is so nice when you get to them. I mean, Al, even Alan, when I, when I first met Alan, I knew he was an instructor at Photoshop World. I knew who he was, and and when we met, famously, is I got into the elevator and I had my phone out, and Alan looked down and asked me if I was Dave, and and I was like, yeah, I know who you are. Why are you asking me who I am? And uh, and tell Kari um, your response. You were the palest person I've ever seen in my life. No. Um... <laughs> <laughs> nice to meet you. Be English. Yeah. <laughs> And that was the start of our friendship. Oh, and now here we are co-hosting the podcast. But you know, that's what's so important about those events is going to them. And like, you know, and that does take a lot of effort and it costs a lot of money and, and all of those things, but it's so valuable. Especially when you're as yeah. good at socializing and networking oh. as you are. If, if you want to, <laughs> I'm, I'm if, if you want to, like a master class in networking is walking, you know, two steps behind Dave at, at Adobe Max in LA. It was an eye-opening experience because <laughs> you don't make it wow. four feet in any direction before you know there's someone else is coming over and saying hello. It was unbelievably stunning. But I also think wow. a lot, I think of, I think it's important well, that people I... go to these conferences they actually get to see the people who are presenting not always on stage, wandering around, looking at stuff and talking because it makes it more of a human connection to what they're doing. You also realize that the people 
what you're trying to do and what someone else is already doing and what someone else is teaching you to do, that they're just regular people as well doing it. Um, you know, that's funny you say that. I think the first, um, the first anything I ever went to was Photoshop World way back in, I don't know when, 2000 or earlier. I don't know. Wow. Yeah, so long ago. Um, <laughs> and the most valuable session, I think, that I've ever seen was at that Photoshop world. And I forget, it was maybe like Deke and Dave Cross. I don't re- Or maybe yeah. Bert. I don't remember who precisely it was. But it was like some session where it was like an improv session. So they each had their, you know, laptop and projectors. And then it was like they were each given the same five files or whatever. And they oh, had to like just... Photoshop Wars. Yeah, it was something like that. And I... Yeah. That was my favorite thing because it was that moment that I was like, oh... So they don't just magically know every exact, <laughs> you know, blend mode or like percentage of whatever. And I was like, oh, so they like experiment and make mistakes and try things that don't work and then throw it away and do something else. The same as I do. And I was yeah. so validated by that. And I don't know if I would be doing what I'm doing now if I hadn't had that validation at that early point in my path yeah i i think that again it goes back to personality as well i mean when you look at what we spoke to adam uh the the episode that's out now adam said he first remembered watching deke mcclelland i think everybody was born <laughs> watching deke mcclelland's <laughs> photoshop oh, deke. um, deke's just like deke's just like always been there yeah. um who's the other there's another guy that used to teach you i can see his face but i can't get his name at the moment um but yeah it's just those people that bert monroy has such Mm -hmm. a unique well i mean listen to the episode we did with him when you learn he was there at apple like day one photoshop day one i mean the guy's been in history he's in yeah he's like a history um artifact yeah he's a treasure was when i taught at my first photoshop world in 2010 and I walked into the instructor lounge like two days early because I was doing a pre-con and he was standing there and I'm frozen in place because it's, I mean, <laughs> I, and he walked over and he's like, hi, you're, you're new. You know, what are you teaching? Who are you? And it was like, oh, and it was literally amazing? the nicest. And we still talk, you know, it, it, it was so welcoming and such a warm guy that it took away all that like they're up here and we're down here like that just doesn't Mm -hmm. happen i mean it just didn't happen with that and doesn't happen with these people they're not on pedestals they're 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 normal people it's a great community it really it really is my my wife still makes fun of me because i I used to for years i'd be like that one time at photoshop world that like how i started (laughs) half the sentences I, i went they were in san diego in 2002 and I went as an attendee. Yeah, it's our it band you know, camp. It's, it's band camp. <laughs> That's so funny. And, uh, I made her come with me to the first How... one I taught at. And she just went in the lazy river pool in the hotel. <laughs> She's like, you go do your Photoshop stuff thing and I'm going to hang out at the pool. And I'll be here. Yeah. And then, you know, I'd come back and be like, oh my God, I sat next to like Joe McNally. And, and it was at the pre-con and we were like sitting there talking. She's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was really nice at the pool. They're just people, you know. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's very industry. How do you find it now, Cara? Now you're 
now you have a a a sense of fame in this industry and now you're you are you are in demand so you've gone from being like i went here i went there i tried to get i tried to get that i know you've been asked to do more things i know you've done talks and you've done you know written the books you've done classes how how does it how do you find that feeling of people knowing who you are Oh, I don't know that people know who I am. I think they do. <laughs> I mean, that's nice to think that they they might. Um, I I don't know. I just feel like, you know, I still look up to everyone else. And I'm always, in my mind, I'm always like the little kid that's still like, I'm going to play on the playground and like, throw me the ball. I'm still, I'll forever be that. I mean... I still look up to everyone else and um, just am grateful that I get to uh, be any part of all of this stuff. I mean, it's just so fun. And it, you know, I remember when um, I did an interview with Dave Cross and, you know, I remember learning Photoshop and watching his old thing when he still used to like wink at the end of all his tutorials. (laughs) I don't know when he quit doing that. But I was like, this guy is such a nerd, and I love it. <laughs> and I just felt like all of these these people like gave me permission to be like, you know, the kind of teacher that I am. And I'm just, I'm just forever grateful and surprised. I mean, I'm, you know, it's like anything in life. You're like, how did I get here exactly? <laughs> and you know, you, you wonder, like, any other day or any small decision different that you might have made, who knows where things would have ended up. Yeah. It's that sense of appreciation, I think. is like when I, the first time I went to Photoshop World, I was scared. I, it was my, I, I went to Vegas on my own. I didn't know what to expect. It cost me a lot of money. Mm-hmm. Um So while I was there, I upgraded the suite as well and got a nice view of the strip. <laughs> oh. But I, I instantly thought, you know, I, I'm, I'm going to be a really ri- like the tiniest minnow in this huge ocean of all these kind of high that, that you know, everyone at Photoshop World's going to be an expert and it's just going to be mad and I'm just going to get washed along with this sea of mm-hmm. people. And when I got there, I was chatting to this guy in the queue, Ran, um, Randy Van Braun, uh, who's the, oh, the, the drone guy. Yeah. yeah, who lives in Hawaii. We got chatting in the queue. We're still friends today. Um, I meet Alan in the elevator. I go to the tweet up the night before this meet up thing that Nancy had organised, and I meet Teresa Jackson. And me and Teresa start chatting. Uh, you know, ten years on, we're still friends. That's so Dave fun. Cross walks in, and it's like, "There's Dave Cross," <laughs> and he spent an hour talking to me. He's so great because he'd lived in England. He knew I was from UK. I'd just become their kind of evangelist. So he sort of knew my name. Um, RC took me out for a burger that night. They go, after Midnight Madness, they go and do this in and out burger thing with Scott Kelby. And RC invited me along. And all of a sudden, it was like I'd gone from thinking I was going to be lost in the <clears> carpet <throat> to suddenly I've already met Mac Laskowski. I've spoken to Dave Cross, and RC's taken me out for a burger. And I got introduced to Scott. <laughs> and it's really weird how kind of you still even at then I was 42 mm-hmm. and I was still a bit of a fanboy about this stuff it's, but once you meet them and you see 
actually they just love they just love this mm-hmm. and every single one of it is a friend we're all just I'm, kids on the playground with yeah Photoshop. exactly <laughs> that's all we're just some kids some kids are just like in year year 10 and we're year five but <laughs> every time i get to see russell preston brown it's oh that like guy david At- the <laughs> david attenborough of adobe is <laughs> It's just there's such great people around that you can't help but if you can't enjoy this world we're in, then you're doing something wrong. Mm. I think that there's there's it's got s- such a community of great people and getting stronger and stronger. Well, and, and so creative, you know, so creative and so just fun and inventive. And you know, I I wonder like, <clears throat> do you think events for like accountants are as fun i mean i don't know maybe and i have a lot of family members who are accountants and i think they have fun at their industry events but i don't know that it's as playful it's not i i I photograph events i photograph corporate events because it pays really well (laughs) concert photography doesn't so i have some big corporate clients and i've done some big ish corporate type events for actually a company that puts on events and while they have a good mm-hmm. time and they you know they have all the prerequisite stuff there is not quite that same feeling of um rebellion of, of we're not you know creatives are outside of what is considered the normal stream of of what you should do with your life you know you you go to school <laughs> you get a degree you go to an office you work nine to five you get a you know you have a house a babe you know it's like we're outliers of that idea because we don't and you said something earlier that really kind of struck and it still stuck with me is that you really like projects like it, mm-hmm. and and that is you know that's very much i think what a lot of creatives really thrive on is that we can do something and then it's done and then we move on to the next one and then it's done it yes. might be the same i'm taking photographs it might be the same thing but it's not the same thing it's I'm I'm, fo- mm-hmm. I'm a photographer, but every time I go out with my camera, it's going to be something different. And the project, the overall product, is different. Um, right. So that gives us a, a sense of completion. We're like we finish something, and we can now move on to something else without ever av- actually, <laughs> you know, finishing. <laughs> little little dual edge there. So, <clears throat> what do you have planned now? Because we're not going anywhere for a little while longer. Um, we might have thought we were, but we're, we're not. And right, um, you know. So that was gonna that <laughs> was gonna be my last question. What have you learned in What have you learned in twenty twenty from living through the pandemic that you're gonna take into twenty twenty one that you know you don't have a choice over? Mm. Well, <laughs> um, I don't know. I've spent a lot of this time you know, making, making classes basically that like other people ask for most of the time. (laughs) Um, because for me to be like, let me just sit down and spend all this time and hours on a class just because I want to make this class, uh, requires a whole lot, a a whole different level of like inspiration. (laughs) (laughs) So I hope to do more, more of those things, but I've been just having fun, like watching other people's classes and trying to um, learn more about like different areas kind of in the field. Like, you know, I've created a couple of fonts in my life, but I would love to learn more and like be better at making fonts. 
Um, so I don't know. I've really done a lot of random things. I took a freestyle rap class <laughs> from. <clears throat> yeah, I know, awesome. right? Yeah. yeah, and I just... That's how we're seeing the show out. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> um, I just think, I, I guess what I want to take with me is just more continued variety and different experiences. You know, because I, in addition to design and photography and stuff, I also like crochet. I teach classes on crochet. Um, and I've been doing a lot of like cross-stitch, embroidery. I design patterns for that kind of stuff too. And so I, I just love like adding new input into my my meal, <laughs> whatever it is that I'm making. I just like <laughs> want as many ingredients as possible. So um, yeah, I've taken you know classes about embroidery and font creation and uh, the freestyle rap class, which I will just tell you, I'm terrible, terrible. You're the best. You're the but best so one on this fun. conversation. I can guarantee you that. <laughs> Yeah, MCKP in the house. <laughs> yeah, I think somebody suggested my name should be Silent H. Um, yeah. And I thought that was pretty clever. I may I may have to do that if I ever was any good at this at all. But um, it's just, it's fun. I, I just like to try and do different things. You know, they say like, even in your normal life, in your normal day, when you're driving home from work or from the supermarket, you're supposed to like, take a different route all the time because it can spark new ideas and just sort of get you out of your rut. And so I I feel like I'm perpetually trying to get out of a rut and I'm just doing all these different things all the time. And I hope that somewhere in 2021, it leads to something new and exciting that I haven't even envisioned yet. So we'll see. Perfect answer. To be determined. Perfect answer. Yeah, to be determined. Yeah. Well, we'll end there because I know you've got a little boy who's probably waiting for his mum to come back out and feed him or see him or play with him. Yeah. So, Car, it's been an absolute pleasure. Aww. Thank you so much for being on the show. I could easily speak to yeah, you. Yeah, I think we could all <laughs> hang out and this would just be hours, yeah. <laughs> hours long. <laughs> I, I think we, you definitely have to come back on again. Um, usually the thing always always was that we have a guest on kind of like this and the second time they're on is in person but obviously oh sure you know we don't know when it's going to happen but i definitely would love to have you on because there's so many other things i want to talk to you about I but thank you for your time tonight oh. <laughs> yeah <laughs> no you don't <laughs> uh, <laughs> But uh, no, please carry on doing what you're doing. I love the content. Both our wives have been uh, learning crochet in during the pandemic. Oh, so that, that was cool that you've been doing that as well. But no, thank you so much um, for your time. Well, it thank really you guys. It's such a treat. Seeing... And you guys just, you made my day. I'm just like high as a kite right now. So thank you. It's so fun. Oh. It's so fun to see people and just like feel amongst, you know, our people. And it's... It's nice because I'm I'm like alone with the with the kiddo for a <laughs> lots of my time. It's good to have some adult company, yeah. <laughs> adult voices, big voices. Oh, awesome. All right, well, thank you very much, oh. and uh, hopefully we'll see you soon. Stay safe you too. and love to the family. All right, take care, guys. Cheers. Bye-bye. Bye bye.